Every single Thursday, we chat to a beautiful news.com story. Um, they do these incredible short films about South Africans who are changing the lives of South Africans around them. And one such incredible human being is Cassandra Carls. And she's from Cape Town and she's the manager of the School of Hard Knocks. This is a center for kids in teenagers in the Western Cape who are at risk. And the way that they go about coaching and, and doing therapy is not the normal way that you would think about it, sitting around, talking about feelings, whatever. They're using sports and physical activity to get kids to talk and to open up and to connect. But I know very little about sports, as you know by now. Um, so Cassandra's on a Zoom with me, and she's going to tell us everything. Hello, Cassandra. Good. Hi. <laughs> thank you so much for, for coming on the show with me. Um, and thank you for agreeing to chat to us. Not a problem. It's only a pleasure. <laughs> okay. So first things first, I read a little bit about your start in life. And you didn't have the easiest start either, much like the kids that you, you coach. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you come from? Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Cassandra. Um, I come from where well, I was born and raised in Hanover Park um, in Cape Town. Um, and most people will know that Hanover Park in itself is one of the roughest areas on the Cape Flats. Um, I was born to mother and father. Um, but they got divorced really early in my life. I think I was about three years old. Um, and after that, it was much of um, my father being in prison, my mother um, remarrying um, not only once, I think about twice. Um, I then lived with my grandparents. Um, so living with my grandparents um, as well as um, living in a very tough neighborhood um, had its own challenges um, and so I, my mother was always in my life, but I never lived with my mom. So that was also difficult. Um, and because I was born in, in a space where my father is black and my mother is so-called colored. So that also gave a bit of challenges because what do I identify as? Um, yeah, I think in much of my, my life, I, didn't, I think in high school, I started experimenting with obviously alcohol. Um, certain drug substances um, and it just went on like that I was one of the naughtier kids in school um, but I, funny enough my academics remained quite high and so that kept me going um, and then I matriculated and in my first year of university I fell pregnant I was about 18 years old when I fell pregnant and given everything that has happened in my life now being pregnant responsible for the a human being while I was still a child, um, it then drove my passion to working with young kids in high school because somewhere along the line in high school, someone helped me um, see that I was more than just the girl that came from a broken home from an overpark. And so that is why I drive my um, everything that I do in the work that I do is so that we can see the potential in other young, young people. And so they can become more than just the person from the neighborhood. Um, I think if it wasn't for that person seeing my potential, other than just being the girl from a Nova Park or from a broken family, I don't think I would have been where I'm at today. Wow. So hence why most of who I am and what I do is geared at, 
um, young kids, especially in high school, um, and particularly young girls. I love this, especially with the young women, because, you know, young girls and young, we're, it's so preconditioned that you don't really have a say over your own life if, if you're born a girl. <laughs> And that there are so many different things like ha- like falling pregnant or not having the education that, that you need or want or you know, just your circumstances. And all of these things were taught to dictate who we're going to be and what we can be. And I'm so grateful that there are people like you in this world who are telling girls you can be anything you want. It doesn't matter if you get pregnant. It doesn't matter if you don't have money. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can do anything and you, you're proving it. Um, so shout out to you for doing that. But now... I want to talk a little bit, Cassandra, about the School of Hard Knocks. Um, what is it? Where is it? And how does it work? Okay, School of Hard Knocks, we a non-profit organization. Um, we service four schools um, within the Western Cape, four, um, three in the CBD and then one in Hanover Park. Um, well, we just recently started, but then COVID obviously, and so we, we're trying to... Um, jumpstart that again um, but what we do is we work in in high schools um, we started off working particularly with kids ages from grade 10 to grade um, 12 um, and then as the need shifted we then started working from grade 8 with the kids from grade 8 um, we partner with the school um, and so we work as a support system for the school, particularly with mental health. Um, the school generally refers kids to us um, and those are the kids that has either disciplinary issues or emotional or other trauma issues that the school is aware of. Um, we have two groups at each school. We call them squads and they are a girl squad and a boy squad. We service about 20 kids per squad, um, and it's a mixed group. So from grade 8 right up until grade 12, and we use touch rugby to do life skills. Some people might find that weird, but all our drills within touch rugby, all our drills that we do is aimed at a particular life skill. So, for example, we will focus on communication, or we'll focus on um, empathy, or we'll focus on um self self-worth but within the the touch rugby session and then we also um use a model called the tpsr model and that is basically that, that speaks to the social well-being of the child um and with that as well we have a counselor that is on site at each session um so this counselor should a child want to have a and we don't call it counseling we call it check-ins um, and all our all the stuff that's on on site we are called coaches, um, and that removes the labeling because kids don't want to go for counselling. Kids don't want to speak to a mentor, so they see you as coach. And then if you want to have a check-in, because we don't call our sessions counselling, we call it check-ins. Then they are able to have a check-in with a counsellor. Our coaches are also trained in trauma-informed counselling as well as. Um, life coaching and other um, psychological um, trainings that we, we offer, as well as child protection um, skill. And so should anything happen, a breakdown happen in one of our conversations with the kids, they are trained staff on, 
on site and then myself i then do the supervision um of my counselors and um coaches this is um like i i was reading up about it and i wish that i'd had this when i was growing up um you know i I think some people are great at the sitting and talking therapy, but I think that so many of us are better at the doing therapy um, like you guys do and, and opening up and learning to trust each other and lean into that. And I just think that a lot of us as adults now would have benefited so much more learning to trust each other when we were children. Whereas now you're given these like group tasks at work and you're like, Hmm, not so sure about this, you know? No, definitely. Like um, our kids don't like sitting and talking. Um, they and they also operate really differently. Um, and the teachers are even amazed at how kids open up to us. They like, but this child doesn't talk. <laughs> and then we're like, yeah, but you while you're playing with a ball and while you're just throwing a ball with a child, um, you start asking questions, and that child forgets that they are talking to you, and they just start talking and throwing the ball and talking by the end of a 15 minute session for example just 15 minutes of throwing ball that child would have told you so much about their life um that then they would have if they were sitting in a counseling session what i also forgot to mention is that because of covid it gave us a unique opportunity to start working with parents because we had to contact parents via phone um, to gain consent because our consent form doesn't include telephonic communication with our kids. So we got consent um, with the, from the parents and that made us engage with the parents. And subsequently, we've now also um, hired a social worker and he then deals with the parents. So should we have a priority case um, of one of our learners, um, that our social worker will then make contact with the parent. So we then form a holistic um, approach. So we're dealing with the child. I then deal with the school and the um, social worker deals with the parent. So the service that we're offering the child is an holistic one. Okay. And tell me a little bit about the school. Can anyone come to the school? Um, is there a joining fee? Is there a vetting process? Like how does it work? So we are, um, as I said, we're a non-profit organization. So all our services that we offer to the school is free. However, it is the partnership with the school. So um, we have a partnership with the school and we service then that school. Um, Our hope is in the next three years is to expand our our reach. Um, but at the moment now, we're only servicing the kids from that particular school. So if we wanted to support you, if we wanted to get involved or, or, or I don't know, can we support you? How can we support you? School of Hard Knocks essay. Um, and we gladly accept any kind of donations. Um, for example, equipment. So we're always looking for rugby balls, cones, um, any kind of rugby um, equipment. We also, um, what we also do is we give the kids t-shirts um, at the start of the year, um, and we usually um, need donations of um, t-shirts that we can then print on, or if someone is able to offer that service. As I said, we 
we offer the service for free to the school. So any kind of support from the from the public, um, whether that is um, I've got a printing shop, can you come? Um, you can come use our printer, or you know that kind of thing that keeps our operational costs to a minimal, so that we can maximize the service that we are giving the kids, such as employing a social worker um, or an additional counselor. But um, we also have this um, donate one hundred and sixty rand for um, per month, um, and then it services our 160 kids that's currently in the program. So you're servicing one child for for a period. Um, so we have that as well. Um, and then there is also a donate button on our social media platforms. And then we also always welcome volunteers because we do tournaments every quarter obviously with COVID we couldn't but every quarter we do tournaments and um, we usually are looking for volunteers that is that does possess a child protection um, screening to help us with um, managing the kids on the day of of a set tournament and uh, can you just tell us what is your social media where can we follow you so we are on um on Facebook, Instagram, um, and then we also have a website, and it's www.schoolofhardknocks.sa um, and then .co.za. Our Instagram is social um, School of Hard Knocks SA. Um, Facebook is also School of Hard Knocks SA, and all our contact details, the team's details, is also on the mine as well. Awesome. Cassandra, thank you so much for chatting to me. And um, we definitely look forward to when we're in Cape Town coming and volunteering with you guys. That will be awesome. Um, thank you very much for having us on. Um, it's a real pleasure to be on and being able to speak and just get the organization out there. So thank you very much for giving us this opportunity.